0: Welcome to USPCA Presents, where the largest association for personal chefs brings you speakers, topics, and a bit of fun in this nuanced part of the culinary industry. In this episode, USPCA President Larry Lynch speaks with Chef Vandam Clemente about what it takes to be a gluten-free personal chef. Well, good evening, USPCA members. It's time for another one of our periodic webcasts and uh, webinars, and I'm really excited to have our own Chef Vietnam Clementi joining us tonight to talk about all things gluten-free. But I want to remind everybody, this is also happy Cinco de Mayo. And I was just sharing with Chef Vietnam that uh, I, I did a bad thing tonight. I went with my favorite wine. We were just sharing the wine story before we went on the air here. And uh, this comes out of Willamette Valley, and so I apologize for not having a margarita. Um, but believe me, I am celebrating Cinco de Mayo in, uh, uh, in abstentia. So I'm doing a wine <laughs> instead and, and just happy to be with all of you. But I'm also excited about tonight. Um, you know, go, I go back a number of years and, and my brother in law's girlfriend, longtime girlfriend, had celiac disease. I really didn't know anything about it. And this was before I was engaged with uh, USPCA and some of the work I've been doing at the National Restaurant Association, but really began to understand the severity of. Of that and then over time i have learned you know it, it's not an allergy it really is a disease but i also learned all the things that people didn't know aren't actually i learned about the things that people shouldn't shouldn't know and do when it comes to gluten-free eating and gluten-free foods you know where many people see it is obviously gluten-free has a critical role and people have autoimmune disease and have uh, celiac disease and that's one thing Then there's another where clearly it's a, it's a dietary component and there's over here there's a piece that's a fad and so I'm really excited to have Chef Edom tonight talk about this, because this is part of his life, and, and pardon me, and his cooking is grounded in it, um, and I think you're going to learn a lot tonight. We know many of our, uh, of our clients are, are looking for answers to gluten-free, and certainly as we come on the other side of COVID-19, and, and we were just sharing this a moment ago, where I really feel confident that you know, people more, more than ever are going to be looking for solutions at home, and, and I think our members are going to be well-positioned to address that. So what better than to spend an evening tonight getting better prepared to understand all you can know about gluten-free? So, Chef, I'm going to go off camera here. um, So nobody has to look at my ugly mug. They can just pay all that attention to you and all that you have to share. Um, If you have questions and answers, just a reminder, you scroll down to the bottom of your screen. uh, We have two choices. We have either the Q&A that you can select or the chat. But whichever one that is that you want to do, um, pick it. I'll be watching those. And then, uh, Chef, I'll come back to you when you're ready and I'll pose the questions. You don't have to worry about the screen. I'll just throw them at you and then you can answer those questions. So, Chef, it's all yours.
1: Well, thank you, Larry. I really do appreciate you having us here, having me here. And I just want to say, hey, y'all, as they say here in the North Georgia mountains, how y'all doing? So, um, Let me tell you a little bit about me, where I come from, um, just so that you can kind of understand why I walk the walk that I walk. Um, For 30 years, I was my first life. I was a hairdresser. I was an educator for a national hair manufacturer. um, And with some health issues, I decided to leave that business. But because of the health issues, Um, And how I had addressed them, I decided to go into uh, being a life coach. And during that whole time, I had suffered from a lot of gastrointestinal things. Um, The doctors never were quite sure what was going on. I had multiple misdiagnoses Um, multiple wrong medications. Then finally, I met a, um, my, she was actually my doctor up here in the North Georgia mountains of all places. Uh, The Atlanta doctors didn't seem to, didn't seem to catch it. But she is not only a uh, internal medicine doctor, but she's also a naturopath. And um, she diagnosed me without a shadow of a doubt as being celiac and um, went through the testing and all of that. And she said, okay, if you're gonna do this, um, promise me that you are going to stick to a gluten-free diet for at least four months. Well, I um, hemmed and hawed, but I finally agreed to it. And I was quite surprised. The first two and three weeks, I was majorly depressed. I have always been a foodie, um, always loved to cook. Um, I grew up around um, cooks. And um, I thought that I was going to have to eat pre processed, pre packaged, gluten free crap for the rest of my life. And that was really just bringing me down. Well, finally, I got to the point of saying, okay, but I'm your life coach now put your own practice into this and figure this stuff out well i started figuring it out and i was four weeks into my treatment of a gluten-free diet and i started noticing that there was a big difference and honestly i can tell you that there was about 98 percent of my stuff was gone within 30 days i was Probably one of the lucky ones, but it, I don't know whether it was, um, you know, um, divinely inspired, what it was, but I knew that I was much better and I had started figuring it out. When I say I figured it out or I started figuring it out, I started studying all the different types of uh, gluten free flours, what each one did how it um, did while it was cooking, all of that sort of thing. And I started playing around with my own flour blends. And I ended up hitting on one that I could create my own breads, cakes, pies, biscuits, all of those things that I wanted to do with it. Um, it It was doing absolutely fine. So, oh, happy Cinco de Mayo, you guys. So that being said, I started sharing all of my recipes online and um, people started really responding. I was starting to get a national following where people wanted to hear more, wanted to see what I was doing. They wanted me to create a a cookbook. So I ended up um, starting first a blog, then I started collecting all of my recipes And um, with the blog, I was being very ambiguous. I was always telling stories about the creation of the recipes. And I was being very ambiguous about the pronouns. And I got really tired of doing that. So I decided I was just going to go ahead and put it out there for everyone to see. And so I named my cookbook, Vadam's Gluten-Free and Fabulous Recipes from a Southern Gay House Husband. That took off. Um, Then the next thing I started noticing is people wanted me to start cooking for them. Well, I started cooking for them. I was doing everything that I could possibly do. And at that point, my husband said, okay, if you're going to be cooking uh, professionally, we've got to figure this thing out and do it legally. So I looked into all the culinary schools and I couldn't find anyone that was willing to take me on and just do the gluten-free stuff. I was going to have to pay full price and only participate for a small segment of the um, culinary course. So that wasn't going to work. Well, it was actually my husband that found the USPCA and... um, I called uh, them up. I talked to Angela Prather about it. Um, she knew where I was from and she was like, boy, you, you, you've got a tough road ahead of you being up here in the mountains. And I was like, well, you know, I've got a niche. I've, I'm, I wanna do everything gluten free. And she was like, oh, okay. So we started working towards that. And I started um, right from the very beginning as a preparatory member. And for those of you that know what it's like being a preparatory member, you know that you get um, videos from Monica Thomas, you get um, um, some coaching sessions from Monica Thomas. Well, those things were a godsend. And if any of you that are watching this are wondering whether you should do the preparatory or not, I highly recommend it. And I highly recommend taking Monica to the next level. Let her coach you through the beginning stages of this. So that's kind of how everything got started regarding my cooking career. That was about six years ago. Well, um, now let's go ahead and get into the meat of all of this stuff regarding gluten-free. You're gonna find that there are three different types of gluten-free people that you gonna that you could be cooking for. One is what Larry was talking about, you know, the fad diets. Those are the people that have heard that it's less carbs, they're gonna lose weight, uh, their stomach's gonna go flatter all of those sorts of things. If they are the ones that you're gonna be cooking for, it's pretty easy for you. All you really need to do is look for the gluten-free products that are in the um, grocery store and making sure that your recipes, all of the ingredients are gluten-free. Those are your easy-peasy clients. Those are the easiest ones that you can go for. So that being said, nothing wrong with the fad diets. They're the ones that really you're not having to deal with anything medical or anything as far as a side effect of gluten and or wheat. The next person is the person that is... Um, choosing to go gluten-free because they have recognized or realized that they are having some sensitivity to it. Now, if you take a moment to look up the sensitivities to gluten, the spectrum is very wide. There is the bloating, there is the gassiness, there is the diarrhea and or constipation, there are migraines, there is eczema, uh, seborrhea, psoriasis. All of those sorts of things are also side effects of being gluten intolerant or wheat intolerant. I'm gonna get into that in just a minute, but the third are the ones that are going to be the most tricky, but they are the ones that are going to be the most rewarding. And I'll tell you why. They have been diagnosed with either celiac disease or another autoimmune disease that their doctor has recommended them to go on a gluten-free diet you're going to want to find out what their doctor has actually said to them because that's going to be the foundation in which you're going to cook from. Yes, find out. Are they celiac? Excuse me. Find out are, what are their symptoms. If they are not celiac, what is the medical reason why they have chosen or been recommended to go onto a gluten-free diet? If you can cook for them and create meals for them where they miss nothing other, nothing from taste to texture, um, where they're able to eat breads, biscuits, cakes, pies, whatever, It may be, if you can, if I can help you or you can find a way to cook for them where they're not missing out on anything, you will be a God to them. They will love you. They will bring you into their family and they will love you. So let's start breaking some of all all of this down. As I said, the first thing you're gonna to wanna to do is find out why they are wanting to be gluten-free in the first place. Again, if it's just for a choice, easy peasy. You just need to find out what um, it, what ingredients are going to be gluten-free. One thing you need to know, in the middle of the grocery store, that's where you're gonna find the biggest um, products that have gluten in them. If you're looking in the vegetables, to the meats, to the dairy, most of those products do not have gluten in them, but you're always going to want to check, especially for coffee creamers and, and the way the milks and things are changing, you never know, always check the ingredients. So again, the first thing is if they're eating, if they're stopping eating gluten by choice, easy peasy, just look for a gluten-free product. And remember, just like we see that there are higher quality products and then there's subpar, subpar quality products, same thing in the gluten-free industry. Now, let's just say they are, sensitive to gluten, you are going to want to find out what that sensitivity is. Is it irritable, irritable bowel? Is it skin? Is it bloatedness? Is it migraines? What is it that is creating this desire inside of them to want to go Gluten free. Find out that first. Secondly, is a question that is going to take you some time in getting the answer. You can ask them right off from the bat, "What is your commitment to this?" But I will tell you, even people with celiac go off the beaten path many many, many times because there are so many different uh, effects and effects from eating gluten. Dependent upon what their uh, side effect is will determine whether or not they are going to be adamant about sticking to it or not. You need to kind of find that out in a roundabout way, it could take weeks to months because trust me, even people with celiac will cheat on you. Also, regarding that sensitivity, you're going to want to look at what is in their kitchen, their tools, their their pots, their, um, their cutting boards, any, any um, tool or pot or pan or anything at all that has any sort of indentions either um, created in manufacturing or indentions because of indentions over time those indentions will hold onto the gluten that has been cooked in them. You cannot 100% guarantee them that you are going to be giving them a gluten-free meal if you are using their cutting boards, their knives, their um, colanders, all of those sorts of things. Also, as a PC, as a personal chef, we often use ingredients that are already in their pantry. You are not going to be able to give them a 100% gluten free meal if you are using products that are already in their refrigerator, such as mayonnaise, such as butter, anything like that, if it has been cross-contaminated, if that jar of mayonnaise, if they've made a sandwich and they've dipped their knife into it and spread it across a normal piece of bread and then put it back into that same mayonnaise container, that mayonnaise container is contaminated. Keep that in mind regarding everything that you use inside of their pantry or inside of their refrigerator. All right, so now you're gonna want to be looking at their sensitivity, what their desire is, what you're gonna be using from them, the products that you're going to be bringing new into the grocery store, I mean, into their home from the grocery store, all of those sorts of things are going to be deciding whether or not you can give them or ensure them a 100% gluten-free service or not. Now, the next segment is going to be regarding celiac. This is the big the big kahuna. And before I even get into celiac, I want to mention here celiac is an autoimmune disease. And there's so much science behind it, but let me give you a 30-second medical class on what happens to a person with celiac. Their body for whatever reason, looks as, looks at wheat, rye, or barley as a um, agent that is in there to destroy them. So their body starts um, creating antibodies to fight against that. Also, something else that happens in the small intestines there are these little, let's say for example, this is the small intestine and you're looking at it from an inside of the scope. There are all of these little fingers inside the small intestines that take and absorb the nutrition from the food that you've eaten and takes it into the body. Well, if that person happens to be celiac, and remember I said they look at wheat, rye, or barley as an agent that is out to get them, an agent that is attacking them, those little villi die. And therefore, the body is not getting any of the nutrition that it could possibly get from the ingestion of food. So that's what happens during celiac. Now, the the cool thing about this is that those villi will begin to reproduce. It will take time, but they will begin to reproduce. Dependent upon the level of damage that has taken place during the pre-diagnosis, will determine how long it takes them to recover. I have seen people that have recovered um, pretty quickly, where they notice that they're seeing big changes in a week. I've seen people that have noticed changes just like my own, which happens within 30 days. Then I have seen other people where it has taken them a year to year and a half to two years to really build that VLI back up into their system again to be able to absorb it. So there's lots of variables to celiac disease. And as I said, celiac disease is an autoimmune disease just like any other autoimmune disease. And If a person that has an autoimmune disease that has rejected or refuses to do a gluten-free diet, the probability of them having a second autoimmune disease is strengthened by 50%. They may even get a third autoimmune disease If they do not address it and with celiac disease the only treatment there is is a 100% gluten-free diet yes there are amino acids there's um, herbs there's other things that a person can do that can help their body heal however the only treatment is a 100% Percent gluten-free diets. Now, um, Larry, is, I, I've been rambling a while. Is there anybody that? Is there any questions that we need to address before I go any further, or should I keep going?
0: So let let me let me a couple. Actually, I'm going to throw one in there for myself because. While I I like to cook, I'll never be a threat to our members because no one wants to eat my food. But during the holidays, I love to make pizzelles. My family likes them, and it's the Italian side of me that enjoys all of that. Um, and my I mentioned to you that my my brother-in-law's longtime girlfriend has celiac disease, right. and and I have tried desperately to use a gluten-free um, flour. And and the challenge is, I know that. You know, the gluten, obviously, is the protein that's in the flour that, you know, among its, its purposes is to create the elasticity when All you're right. preparing it. What am I, I, you know, the moment I, you know, I'm, I'm using regular flour, no problem. The patellas come out perfectly iron. You know, the moment I switch flour, you know, I'm scraping things out and it's crumbling everywhere. And, of course, I'm getting ready to toss the iron across the room, which is why I will never do this professionally. But, right. but I didn't know if there was others like me who try and figure out I cannot get this elasticity thing to work when I'm using gluten-free or or other kinds of flours?
1: Well, that's one of the things that I do do in my cooking classes is I teach people how to convert recipes to be gluten-free. I also have um, created my own gluten-free flour blend that I ship across the country to people. But let me tell you some good gluten-free flour blends that you can get um, either in your grocery store or either in uh on amazon okay the williams sonoma cup for cup is great um but you also have to recognize that it um it's also very very pricey so excuse me so you have to keep that in mind it can't be something that you're going to just be trying a recipe and you don't care if it's it's a waste or not um then there are the king arthur gluten free flour blends those are pretty good also the william i mean i'm sorry the oh, shoot i'm getting tongue tied the bobs red mill oh yeah is the flours that i use to create my flour blend with but they also make two different Types of gluten-free f- flour blend. One is in the red bag, one is in the blue bag, and I may get in trouble for this, but I do not like the red bag, but the blue bag is fine.
0: So, so you know you're going to get a Chris, you're going to know from me at Christmas time next year, so just be pre- <laughs> this year, so.
1: right on. Be prepared. Okay, like, hey, so we yeah. do have a
0: few other questions. That, that's very helpful. Thank you, because that's that was purely personal for me, but. We, we do sure. have a whole bunch of, of greetings from your fan club. I'm not gonna go through all of those, but lots of people um are, are saying hi and, and love your uh gluten-free blends. I mean just you you've got a lot of fans out there, that's a great thing. Thank so you. one of the questions I have, and this is a biggie for you, where can we get your cookbook or your blog? And if you want to send those to me, I'll push those out as well. But
1: so that's the cookbook. So um my website is real easy. It's vculinary. V-E-E, one word, culinary.com. Um, there's the email um, link on there. It's um, vidam at V Culinary. There's chefs at V Culinary. The blog is on that same site. I share recipes on there all the time, um, you know, So yeah, I'll be, and and, um, let me see here. Let me just put out here, um, will it let me?
0: I say, if you want to push it over to me and then I'll make sure Rob gets it in the show notes, we put everything out at the end of the, uh, we repurpose the video.
1: Well, anyway, I'll be happy to share my cell phone. Um, and, And you know, it's no sense in reinventing the wheel. Um, I have thrown so much stuff in the trash can where I was not happy with it either in taste or texture. Because when that stuff is mealy and grainy in my mouth, I um, I, I can't do it. You know, I gr- me. Yeah, I grew up a Southern boy. That um, you know, we were. I've been. I was propped up on a wooden milk crate at my aunt's um, wood stove, frying chicken when I was five years old. So, you know, I've been doing this my whole life and fried chicken is a biggie for Celiac people. It, and and trust me, my fried chicken rocks and I'll be happy to share the recipe with anybody. So yeah, um, and, and the, thing, the thing is also, you wouldn't believe it, but you've gotta be careful on the spice blends. So many spice blends are not gluten-free. And Is is there an easy way to identify those? Just by flipping it over and looking at them. And you can also look for the gluten-free certification label.
0: Good point, really good point. So So, I'll I'll ask Rob to make sure we publish that look because I know that is a very specific logo. Okay, um, so we'll get that out there with your with the show notes for this. That's very helpful. Okay. Um, chef Karen wrote it's more a comment, but I know there's something that you wanted to uh, to talk about it says chef Baham, I had a client who not only had a gluten issue but also had an allergy to rice right And is that something that what you're you're talking about can help them as well?
1: uh yeah, you're good well, in my spice blend, I use white rice and brown rice, however. I have been able to make other um, flour blends using teff flour. Teff is very similar to what we know as wheat. It is, um, um, you know, it it is the Eastern's version of our wheat. And it is not a glutened product. And teff flour um, works tremendously well for, um, for someone that has a allergy against rice. You can also, if they don't have a nut allergy, you can also use almond flours, you can use coconut flours, or you can use a combination of all of the above dependent upon what exactly you're looking for. For example, in my pastries, in a lot of my cakes, I will use extra, um, I will use my spice, my, I'm sorry, my flour blend along with almond flour just to give it more moisture into that um, product because we've all eaten gluten free um, cakes that, you know, they look halfway decent, but as soon as you put them in the mouth, they fall apart and turn into paste. The almond flour or the coconut flour really seems to keep that moisture content up, and it doesn't impart a tremendous amount of flavor, which is going to contradict the flavor of your pastry. Awesome. Did that? Did that answer the question?
0: Well, hopefully, I think I think so. I'm going to ask Karen to write back. She says thank you, so I think you did. So that's perfect. Good. Good. Um, you may want to talk about your flour blend. So we have two things here. One from Chef Kathy says, what is your flour blend? And then Chef Deb Cantrell says, buy, your, buy his flour blends. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe this is a good chance to talk a little bit about your, your uh, and by the way, Chef Laura also says, love Bob's Red Mill. So I think we've got some flour there across the board that maybe you okay. can address as, a, as a, an entire question and comment.
1: Well, well. let me just first of all say thanks to Deb, because she, um, Larry, as you well know, Deb is a cheerleader of mine. And, if, I, and if, it would, if it wasn't for Deb, I would not be where I am today. And if anybody wants to take their business to the next level, look up Deb Cantrell, do not run to the phone. I mean, do not walk to the phone, do not walk to the computer, run. Call her. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, that being said, thanks, Deb. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, guys, I'll be happy to share my flower blend. Grab a pen and paper. Okay. So, it is, and I'm going to give it to you in parts because that way you can decide whether you're making a small amount or a big amount. Needless to say, I make a big amount at one time. So, That being said, it is four parts white rice flour, two parts brown rice flour, two parts tapioca flour and or starch. Tapioca flour is, and tapioca starch are the same product. They just happen to be marked differently by different manufacturers, but they are the same. The next product is different you're gonna use one part potato starch, not potato flour. They are two different things. So it's four parts white rice, two parts brown rice, two parts tapioca, one part um, potato starch, and one part corn starch. That is my recipe. You heard it here first. Go for it, do what you can do with it. Um, Now let's go back to the potato starch, potato flour difference. They are very different, but if you are looking for a quick, easy breading that isn't going to take you into a whole different process of creating things, keep potato flour, not starch, Starches for the flour blend, but keep potato flour in your pantry or in your pantry for your clients. Because if, you, let's say for example, you're wanting to just do a, um, a, um, a, a pork chop that has some batter on it, where you're not dipping it into buttermilk and, and doing all of that sort of thing. If you just want to season a pork chop and, and flour it so that it has a little bit of crust, potato flour is amazing for that sort of thing. Keep that in mind.
0: And just a reminder too to everybody that obviously we'll be pushing this webinar back out. So it'll be on the Facebook group and I'll be asking Rob to make sure he's covering some of this in here, but there'll be a chance to play this over and over and over
1: and, I, and, and,
0: and see Chef Beatum.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, call Vidam. Call Vidam. I, I don't. Mind, I don't mind. You know, um, I've. It's no sense in you reinventing the wheel. It's already been done for you. Uh, <laughs> so let let's all be PCs together, and it, the the better I look, the better you look, and vice versa.
0: So let's let's keep buzzing through questions. We actually got a bunch of them here. Your okay. So Chef Laura had a couple questions here. First is, if we use our cooking equipment, how do we get rid of the gluten from other use?
1: You can't. You are SOL. And you know what SOL means, right? <laughs> if they don't, uh-huh. we'll put that in the notes too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a you safer can't. bet. <laughs> yeah. You cannot. Um, you're going to have to. Um, and honestly, what I did to, um, to help my cost is with my chefs. I actually went and I watched um, the outlets, the the Ollie's bargains, and there was the Rachel Ray uh, two hundred dollar um, twelve piece set on sale for fifty bucks. You know, and and that is what my chefs carry in their cars with them because you cannot guarantee that they are going to be getting a 100% gluten-free meal if you are cooking with the same uh, appliances, cookware, that you have been cooking gluten-based products in. It cannot be done.
0: I've I've seen what happens when that is, and it's not pretty. Chef Laura also asked, have have you played with any of the unique flours like banana or coffee?
1: No, I haven't. And Laura, if you want to play with me, you and I can figure this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We can figure this out together. So yeah, no, I haven't. But I've been seeing it all over the place where other people are, are doing it and I'm really wanting to check it out. So um, Laura, if you wanna, if you wanna so, join with me and do it, let's do it together.
0: She, she wrote back and said, would love to. So we will consider that a connection. Great. So we're good there. Uh, Chef Fernando writes and says, I have a question about cross-reactive foods such as corn. Uh, yes. People with celiac can't have corn because it is cross-reactive and has the same problems as gluten. Mm-hmm. What do you use as a
1: substitute for cornstarch? Okay, not necessarily not every gluten person has a corn allergy as well. And what I have found where it has not affected my clients is where I am using non-GMO cornstarch. Uh, I get it off on of Amazon. I cannot remember the name of the company right now to save my life, but the non-GMO corn products does not seem to bother people that don't have corn allergies. But like gluten allergies, many gluten people do have corn allergies and you have to figure that out. I cooked for a client last summer who came up to the mountains and um, I did their whole meal for their whole trip because, She was not only gluten intolerant, she was celiac, she was dairy allergy. And she had such a corn allergy that if the animal that she was eating had eaten corn, she would have the corn allergy. And I had to find uh, her meat that was grass fed and was guaranteed. She did not have that. And I was able to work around that. I just left the corn starch out of my flour blends, and was able to create her uh, breads, cakes, and everything.
0: Perfect. And boy, the questions keep coming in, so let's keep cranking here. Um, Chef Shoshana says there are lots of other names for gluten, and that is really important for people who need gluten-free, and especially celiac disease, and that gets tricky. Do you have any thoughts or comments on this?
1: A lot of it is marketing and hype. And I'm um I'm not trying to discredit anything that you're saying but it's basically the gluten allergy is in wheat, rye and barley. The other allergies that come along with it, like we were talking about the corn allergy, that you just kind of have to work around them and figure different ways of um, creating a service that satisfies them in taste and texture.
0: Perfect. I'm going to skip back over, because we're getting them in both comments and Q&A. So (laughs) Chef Karen did say Amazon carries a brand called Pure Organic Ingredients, and that goes back to what you were talking about a moment ago. So it is Pure Organic Ingredients on Amazon. And uh, Chef Laura points out that malt is an allergy from barley. So one of those things that you want to make sure that you get a chance to to bring up as well.
1: Yeah, um, you know, beers, for example, um, and um, certain malt vinegars, those sorts of things. Um, Soy sauces, for example, they have malt in them. Um, Soy sauce intrinsically is not gluten-free. Um, You have to look for either tamari or a gluten-free soy sauce. Definitely, definitely, definitely look. And there are apps that you would be surprised about the apps that you can get on your phone now that will actually scan the barcode for the ingredient and tell you whether or not that product has gluten in it or not. Look those things up. All you've got to do is go onto your smartphone, on Google Play, uh, Apple, and put in gluten, and you'd be surprised at what comes up.
0: And there's, they always have good ratings, too, so you get an idea of how yes. accurate the, the app is. So take a look at those ratings. Um, so this is also from uh, Chefs so Shosana. and I'm going to mispronounce this so you can forgive me. This is why you know I'm not a chef. Do you use, I think it's cassava or... Uh, Cassava, f-
1: cassava, cassava flour. flour.
0: Thank oh you. Oh my God. And if I so, love... what have you made with it? <laughs> and noting that it comes from a tuber.
1: Okay. Um, just so that you know, tapioca flour, tapioca products come from the cassava plant. The, just like the wheat can be broken down by wheat germ and all of those different. Um, I'm not a scientist and I'm gonna try to pull it up right now. But just like there's all of those different components, there's the same thing with cassava and compared to tapioca. They're not one and the same, but tapioca does come from the cassava plant. And when you are cooking for a person who it may be eating uh, the plant paradox diet, um, they use a lot of cassava flour for those, so that being said, I have made taco shells out of cassava flour. I have floured um, um uh, beef beef tips to make a a beef and um mushroom and carrot stew for a client so yes, cassava flour is amazing and um Uh, you know the little bit that I have played with it I've never found anything wrong with it and I'm very eager to try to see what else I can do with it as a matter of fact I have a brand new bag of it here in my pantry to just play with it for a while so yeah cool. it's cool
0: so so this is an interesting one from chef Sandy says I am trying to bake gluten-free and she's calling, She's from Colorado. She says, plus, I'm at 7,000 feet. My okay, breads are like rocks. What do I need to do?
1: Okay. One of the things, um, if you are converting a recipe um, from a gluten recipe to a gluten-free recipe, you're going to need some sort of binder-like psyllium husk. Um, Xanthan gum, guar gum. Um, Honestly, I have never played with guar gum because when I was looking at the difference between xanthan gum and guar gum, there were more side effects with guar gum. So I decided to go with xanthan gum and I've stuck to it ever since. So if you are using, um, I usually, my rule of thumb is for every cup to two cups of flour. I would convert that into a gluten-free flour and I would use one teaspoon of xanthan gum plus one extra egg. Start there and see what you can come up with. Now when let's talk about breads for just a minute. I was used to and I was taught by my mom, by my aunts, You know, when you you proof the yeast, you make the yeast, you mix it with the flours, um, then you let it rise, then you roll it out onto the counter with a bunch of flour and you knead it, you knead it, you knead it, you knead it. That kneading in gluten-free products will make it tough as crap. I mean, it will be a stone. Let your blender do the work for you. Let your food processor do the work for you. And what I have even done is when I'm making my bread um, and it's mixed in the, um, the KitchenAid, it literally pours into the cake pans and it looks like very, very thick cake batter. But it rises, and if you look at any of my flour I and mean, um, breads on my website, it looks just like white bread. Um, I just do not touch it. If I am using um, to make my, um, my baguettes, my Italian breads, my anything like that, I do not touch it. I grease a uh, Ziploc bag. I pour the batter, I put the batter into the Ziploc bag, I cut the tip off of it and I squeeze it out. That way there is no touching it whatsoever because that extra flour and you touching it, it will turn into a brick bat and it will taste fine, but it will go in the trash because it doesn't have the same texture.
0: Good to know. Coaching opportunity. This comes from Chef Monica, so be prepared. She says, don't give away no. your secrets. Give away your secrets. Oh. So I'll let the two of you deal with that one. But, <laughs> so, so uh, Chef Strasana asks, do you make your fried chicken with your flour blend?
1: Absolutely. And last week, I, if you look back at my blog post on Instagram, you'll see the ton of fried chicken that I made. And all I do is I spice it with my spice blends because my spice blends are gluten-free. I make them up myself. I then soak them in buttermilk. Um, the buttermilk soaking depends on how long I have. And then I take them out of the out of that and I add it right to my, my flour. And then I fry them in either peanut oil or whatever type of oil I'm choosing to use at that particular time. But when you bite into my fried chicken, it crunches like fried chicken is supposed to. It's not this little wimpy, you know, it's a crunch. So yes, I'll be glad to help you with learning how to do gluten-free fried chicken because if you can make somebody that is celiac fried chicken, oh my God, they will buy you a crown.
0: <laughs> Reopened your business on that one. <laughs> so, hey, Chef, let's keep pouring through the questions. I know we've cut into your second part time That's here, but okay. I think we may be addressing I can do, I, can,
1: I can do another one anytime you Absolutely.
0: want. Absolutely. So, so Chef Johanna says, can arrowroot, starch, or flour be substituted for tapioca flour?
1: Absolutely, it can. Yes.
0: Perfect. Yes.
1: And arrow, arrowroot also can be used in place of the xanthan gum. Now it's not going to give you the same oomph as xanthan gum doves, but it can. If you don't, if you, if if it is a product that doesn't have to um, rise and stay risen even during the baking where it just rises and then it's, it's good, great, use arrowroot.
0: Perfect. So I've got a couple questions here from uh, Chef Joanna. It says, I have a gluten-free baking book that recommends using sorghum flour, but I dislike it. What can be substituted for that?
1: Sorghum flour has its own taste. And just like um, the um, flour blend that I did not like, that is made from garbanzo beans, and I do not want my flours to taste like the product and make everything else taste like it. So um, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, um, Lord, it just lost me. What's the name of the flower we were asking about, Larry? Sorghum. Sorghum, yes. Um, it, it does have its own specific taste to it. And if you're needing something that is like it, I would try using the teflower. Now, the only thing with the teff flour, teff has its own color. It is almost a grayish brown. So everything that you make with that is going to have a grayish brown color. Like for example, I have fried chicken with it and it fried beautifully. However, it doesn't have that golden brown color that you're used to with fried chicken. Just keep that in mind. flour is very similar to sorghum, but it's going to have that extra color to it.
0: Good to know. So I'm going to, it's a 2 part from Chef Fernando, and I'm going to kind of throw them together here. And I think it's more, less, it's less a question, more a comment you may want to talk about. But uh, Chef Fernando says, I use both banana flour and tiger nut flour in baking, and it works gloriously. Tiger nut substitutes cup for cup, Banana flour is three quarters cup to one cup. Tiger nut flour makes baked goods taste so very good. Um, it's slightly, it has a slight sweetness to it. And of note, it is not a nut. So I don't know if you want to address any of that or not if you're familiar.
1: Larry, who is this? Chef Fernando. Fernando, you may be teaching me something give me a call and let's, let's collaborate here <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know about any of those that you're working with and I would love to know about them. So let's collaborate.
0: Awesome, Chef. Thank you. Uh, your fan club continues here. Uh, Chef Anna says, Vedum, thank you so much for doing this session. You are the best and very helpful. It's nice to see there is a large awareness of celiac, hence the increase in products to service this, this diet. Boy, is that true. Uh, have you noticed that some of these products are not necessarily gluten free but posing is one? Are there any uh, brands that we should steer away from?
1: There are a lot of posers um, and just like um, the scam emails that we've been getting during this time, you know from um, Amazon from just pay close attention because there are slight variances in the gf certification um agents out there and i i hate it because i i wish that those people that were doing that sort of thing could actually have the gut rot that somebody deals with who has celiac when they're just doubled over with their belly just killing them, you know, and their migraines and the, the, the you know, their tutu is so sore from pooping. You know, it, it just, it goes round for round. I wish I could give every last one of those people a good week long dose of what we have to deal with.
0: I have seen the pain in my, my brother-in-law's girlfriend, so I understand what you're saying there. So, Chef Marsha has an interesting uh, comment here. He says, I also have celiac disease and have learned that I have to buy gluten-free oats. Uh, yes. Bob's Red Mill is great. Yes, Because many farmers rotate crops with oats one yes. year and a crop of wheat the next, yes. and the cross-contamination yes. apparently happens during harvest.
1: Yes, you have to keep those things into consideration. Rice is often just done just like um, oats are. Rice is intrinsically gluten-free just like oats is intrinsically gluten-free, but the processing plants process them often together. The dust is enough to contaminate something from someone. I'll tell you a brief story. I went into, about six months ago, I went into a new chef's depot that I had never been into and I had time to walk up and down every aisle that I had never seen this place. Um, They just happened to be moving the flats of flour, and it was all flying up in the air. I was sick before I got out of the store, just from breathing it. So yeah, it is a real thing. That is why, yeah, you can buy oatmeal and it is gluten-free because oatmeal is gluten-free. But if you want to be sure that you're not going to get cross-contaminated in one way or another, look for that gluten-free certification.
0: Perfect. You know, a couple minutes ago, Chef Sandy was asking the question about cooking in Colorado, and she said, thank you. That was a great help. Um, I'm going to tie two questions together here, one from uh, Chef Anna, the other one from Chef Kathy, because you're kind of together. Chef Anna asks, what's your, what's your go-to as a thickener first gravy? And then Chef Kathy asks, this is why it's tied together, which is better to use for thickening sauces, arrowroot or cornstarch? And have you tried to make fresh pasta using your flour blend? But I thought the, the pieces about thickening were some commoners there that you might want to tie to.
1: Okay, first thing when I have done my own pasta, um, I, have, I have used predominantly brown rice flour for strength with a mixture of my flour blend, and then I'm able to do it. Now regarding thickeners, If I need a thickener that um, it's already cooked, it's already created, but I need to thicken it just to give it some more body, then nine times out of 10, I will use either the arrowroot or the GMO uh, cornstarch with cold water, mix it together, add it right to it, let it cook, it thickens right up. But if I am doing a roux, which is the, Fat source, whether it be um, butter, oil, or I'm going to show my good old southern boy roots here bacon fat, bacon grease. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm using that sort of thing and I need to make a roux, I use my own flour blend for that for everything across the board, no problem.
0: You make me hungry just thinking about that. So, so one last comment, and then we, we've hit our hour, our chef. Can I, can I get you to commit to this time next week, 6.30 next Tuesday? Is that a possibility for you?
1: Let me check my phone.
0: Um, because I think there was just such great interest in this tonight. I know you still have part two to work on, and I don't, I don't want to rush it. Yeah,
1: yeah let's do it.
0: We're going we're gonna to book that, so if you didn't get all your questions asked tonight, um by the way uh, Sh- chef Mo- uh, chef lewis said "Vedom is awesome thanks um and of course chef fernando so we will get your number to him says totally we'll call chef i'd love to share what i have hey. learned is this the phone number on the website and then your let me it just double check something here i'm going to throw four last numbers out there does your cell end in 2438 that's it Okay. So if it's okay with you, we'll put that on the show notes.
1: It's absolutely fine with me. And just know if it goes, you know, if it's not somebody that I'm not knowing and if I, if I'm free, I'll answer it. But if I'm not, I'm going to let it go to voicemail and I will call you back.
0: Perfect. And then one last one here, and then we're going to give you give your time back for the evening. And I so appreciate it. You're and that's from chef man. Karen, who says, thank you. You have such a giving soul. I would like to get together with you and discuss gluten and grain free flowers. And that's chef Karen Demond. So. I will, I will leave that for tonight. Um, Chef, you really are the epitome of what an association is all about. And, you know, as we're all trying to figure out our way through this crazy COVID-19 time or we're all doing something a little bit different, um, I think this just speaks to the resilience, uh, the resilience of the organization, the resilience of our chefs, and the fact that as I talk to so many of our members on a daily basis, that, you know, I think we're, we're all going to come out on the other side of this um, stronger than we came into it. Uh, I think new opportunities, I've shared with people, you know, on the National Restaurant Association side, I am up my armpits on the food safety and food science. But as I talk to media around the country, I I think more people than ever are focused on healthy eating, safer eating, uh, all the things that we think about at home. And I think we're going to be into a whole new era here over the course of the next several months that I think more so than ever personal chefs are well-poised to be able to do something with. And and I say that not not to leverage or to say anything about, you know, gosh, this is an opportunity, this is a a tragedy. But at the end of the tragedy, if we can help as an organization and we can help as a profession to bring something better to people, to help them live healthier lives, to help them live better lives and potentially ward off disease and virus, then I think we're bringing something more to the table you think about autoimmune disease and, you know, does that weaken the system that makes you more, uh, you know, at risk to something like COVID-19. Yeah. And so what a great opportunity to do something for people. So, uh, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping share with me tonight And, and we'll get you back on a week from today to do some more of this.
1: This is great, Larry. Yeah, this is crazy, batshit times, and we got to just, you know, figure figure it out, you know, and 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 think outside the box. And I look forward to being with you guys next week, and I'm happy to share what I can. then.
0: Jeff, as always, I love talking to you. It's I've learned a lot. I will send. I, I will make another stab at my gluten free pitzels in uh, in December. I'm actually going to. You you gave me some good. I'm going to buy another iron specifically for gluten-free but cells, so you gave me an idea there and uh if they come out okay they're not crumbly i will send you a batch thank you and by the way the, the thank yous are coming in so i'm not going to read them all but trust me you have a hell of a fan club fan club out there so on behalf of all of us rob will be doing some editing tonight to pull this all together we'll make sure that in the show notes that he's got the promises out there we'll repurpose this for us and uh, chef i will see you a week from today you got it man Thanks, everybody. Have a great evening. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to check out the show notes on where to learn more about Chef Fadam and his flour and gluten-free cooking. Thanks again, and happy cooking.